0: Welcome, welcome to the Cooptional Podcast. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, today is September the third. And this is episode two hundred and fifty-four of the Co-optional Podcast. Uh, joining me today are the lovely Dex Bonus. Welcome back, Dodger.
1: Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dodger- I have a
1: cold, so I sound odd but it's it's chill. Hello, everybody. I'm just delighted to be back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she has brought the plague with her. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of plague, uh, our next guest, <laughs> the wonderful, encum- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm setting this up rather badly for him already. Um, the amazing Zerg boss, Nero. Austin, thank you so much for joining us.
2: If I'm spreading a plague, I hope it's a plague of respect where everyone who's afflicted just becomes very respectful of themselves <laughs> and everyone else.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Honored to be here. Thank you very much for having me. What's up, everybody?
0: Thank you for joining us. Um, speaking of respect, that is almost the guild motto of uh, of your new guild in WoW, and we'll, we'll talk about that uh, very, very soon. We have a clip even uh, talking about respect. Looking forward to that. Um, and our next host, thank you so much for joining us, Philip Momo pw 7 Welcome hello, to hello. the show. Hello, hello.
3: Yeah, thank you very much. First time on, I've waited this whole time, 254 episodes. This was the one I really wanted to be on, so yeah, this is this is my it. time. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Philip learned about the Co-Optional podcast officially three weeks ago. Uh yep. During... <laughs> I joke. Um, Jesse unfortunately is not with us uh, this uh-huh. week. he is out of town uh, with family. This is a busy week for a lot of folks in gaming as Dragon Con, I believe it was just this past weekend, um, Pax Prime as well. It's convention season. it's uh, it's quite a busy time for a lot of people um, as well as people getting back on the grind from uh, classic Wow launching. Uh, yeah. in in typical fashion. Let's be fair. Uh, Cues are extremely long. The launch was not very smooth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Austin, maybe you can elaborate a bit. Uh, They're better
1: today, aren't they? Everybody went back to work and school. Get wrecked. Bam. Yeah,
2: it's better today. (laughs) One of the things that's really tough is you want to play with your friends, but there's a six-hour line to play with your friends. (laughs) So the... The gameplay and the experiences have been awesome, but yeah, the access to the video game is not quite sorted out yet. They need a different set of lines or something. Add a layer, I don't know. I don't know how to fix the problem. I'm not a tech guy, but I know that waiting in line is not very fun. There have been lots of memes. That's one of the things if you have people who are sufficiently bored enough, there's a lot of really hilarious content and solidarity. It is kind of reminiscent of the initial launch, though, where... It had a lot more problems back then. So we get to revisit a lot of those same technical difficulties.
1: Sure, You say that like we don't revisit those same technical difficulties every time Blizzard releases anything, though.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm kind of a StarCraft guy, so I just do that, and I don't usually run into that many problems.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, I guess for people who aren't familiar with either Neuro or Momo, do you guys want to kind of introduce yourselves, tell people what it is that you uh, do in your professional and uh, day-to-day Go it, life? Go for it, Neuro.
2: <laughs> All right, the mic. so my name is Neuro, and the name comes from my background in neuroscience and cognitive science from university, and I went from there to full-time poker, where I learned a lot about mindset, mentality, and tilt management, and how Your emotions that you experience can affect not only your state of mind in the moment and how you behave and think and feel, but also your performance and your results. And I saw a lot of the culture of esports being very immature, people not taking responsibility for their mistakes, people disrespecting their opponents, people disrespecting the game, just being pretty unprofessional overall. It's a very young scene. So one of my main points for building the stream and being a content creator was, trying to bring that voice of mindfulness to Twitch, trying to pull back old literature, things like Sun Tzu, Bruce Lee, Miyamoto Musashi, a lot of those legends that wrote a lot of literature about how to think about competition and how to maximize that process. So it's a sort of wholesome memes kind of vibe, respect first content. We get very silly. So I have a background in musical theater, There'll be lots of funny voices. I have lots of silly masks I put on. We, we joke about and have a lot of fun, but yeah, it's, it's very much in favor of respect. So you have a warm kind of environment in your channel where you inspire your viewers, you encourage each other, you build each other up, you share knowledge, and you try to have that uplifting aspect of a channel as opposed to the, I think the negging and the insulting and stuff of what we used to do in online gaming.
1: I like that.
3: Yeah, I like that too, except now I've got to follow that one. I really should have taken the intro first. Um, (laughs) Mine's going to be a lot simpler. Um, I was, or I am, a current caster for the Call of Duty World League uh, on the console side of things. I know a lot of uh, this show is obviously based around kind of PC games, but uh, I was a professional player for four or five years during my time competing, you know, going to all these tournaments and kind of... um, I was kind of a part of, like Nora said, was, you know, a lot of the negativity, but also a lot of kind of the core of what esports is and kind of growing through the whole thing. But now, kind of taking a more stand in the talent side, you know, away from competing and also just kind of trying to get into more the Twitch side of things and the content creation and just kind of having fun with it and just trying to create this nice, small yet yeah, incredible kind of community and it's it still amazes me to this day kind of what you can create if you can you know even if it's 10 20 30 people or whatever it may be um but yeah my my background definitely comes from being a professional player turning on to the side of not wanting to do that anymore it was a lot of commitment and but still pursuing the whole esports dream and right now i'm the uh, one of the casters for the call of duty world league
2: I have a a question for you at some point. I don't know if now is a good time to interject.
3: I may have an answer, but I'm not sure.
2: So so a contrast between us is I've never been a professional tournament winning player. I went from like the university to the poker to the streaming and... Mm -hmm gm is not pro level despite what some people might think Uh, grandmaster in starcraft means you're top 200 on a server but being able to pay your rent with tournament results is a whole different caliber of player and i haven't been there before and i wanted to ask about the uh, difference in kind of daily stress and pressure on yourself to make a living with tournament play as opposed to being talent and creating content
3: so so for me uh, it's a very good question i would say for me when I did play kind of 2000 and probably 2010 to 2015, there wasn't kind of enough money uh, in it to kind of pay your rent, to pay all your bills. And at that time I was still living with parents, but I was trying to pursue it to something which that would be the goal, right. You know, to be able to live off these kind of things, but it was just the sheer amount of time and effort and money you were putting in just to even break even at the time. And I know nowadays, you know, I kind of, peaked a little early if you like um there is so much money involved in this that you can pay pay your rent and pay all that kind of stuff i was lucky enough to not have to do that but the reason that i did quit was i wasn't earning enough money you know i would go to tournaments win you know a thousand here two thousand there but that's every couple of months and that's where I, I actually went into real estate selling houses and then a couple of months later the whole esports things you know turned around and Commentators were a thing then, so that's what I, I really dived into. But I can't imagine the stress of having to actually win the mm-hmm. money for for your life, you know, to to pay rent, to pay bills. So it's a, lo- a lot less stressful. I always say the best thing I ever did was stop competing. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. <laughs> um, I, one of the topics I wanted to touch on today actually came from an article that I was reading a bit earlier um my dad my late father uh grew up in lancaster county in california and uh, so every once in a while i get um sent things yeah you know, kind of like from relatives and whatnot and one of the things uh, that was sent by my aunt was an article and the the headline if you will for it is video games in school scholastic esports is gaining momentum in lancaster county um so it's amazing to me how things like getting a scholarship to play a video game professionally uh, is you know, still shocking to, I wouldn't say smaller communities, but maybe, uh, maybe communities still a little bit uh, a step or two behind uh, the rest. I do know a couple people that are on esports scholarships thinking that, hey, this is still a legitimate career path. Just go completely hardcore pro for life um, what, what do you guys think of that? You know, Brooke. I know w- with uh, Clark. Are you, what would you, what would you say if one day she's like, Mom, guess what? I just got offered a scholarship to play Minecraft forever competitively. <laughs> I could stay in school forever. No. Uh, what would you say? Would you be supportive, Mom, about that? Would you say, Hey, yeah, that's a career path?
1: Yo, any scholarship's a good scholarship, right? I'd I'd say, Yeah, take it. Study other stuff, too. Like, don't be don't be like any of, of the sort of people who, you know, get a sports scholarship and then don't actually use it on any kind of, like, learning or knowledge. <laughs> but, yeah, I would be like, dude, if you're good enough at this that you could get a scholarship in it and maybe, like, pursue some higher education with it, go for it, baby. I love you. <laughs> people are always asking, like, what if Clark grows up and she wants to be a streamer? Would you let her? And I keep maintaining she's gonna grow up with two streamers and she's probably gonna fucking hate it <laughs> and be like, "Hell no, I don't want to be a streamer." <laughs> but like, I don't know. I think as long as, you know, as long as I'm I'm instilling in her uh, a uh, I don't know a desire to. Learn things, and you know.
0: Sorry about that, guys. Internet decided uh, it was um, gonna take a dive, and no warning with that sort of thing. So we are back. Uh, yes, we were talking about scholarships and making uh, pro gaming and streaming a possible career choice path option. Yeah,
1: Momo Momo was the one who was talking when everything died.
3: Yeah, I, I take full I responsibility. I've been on the show like five minutes. The whole thing's burned to the ground. Um, I actually don't remember really what I was saying. I'm I think I was just saying. I, I, I was. I think I was just saying that if if I had any type of person, whether that be a child or whatever, like wanting to pursue something in a scholarship that they had got and they loved it, like I think that I was just kind of saying if you can pursue a career in something that you genuinely enjoy doing then then go for it that's kind of a short summary of what i was saying i don't know what you guys heard but we'll leave it at that
0: (laughs) was your family particularly supportive when you decided to go pro
3: um i get like back in the days of when i was going pro it was very much a side gig you know i still had a full-time job that was kind of my own thing but going as a caster Mm. that's when i basically had to move country i had to pack up and go but they kind of realized, they were like, okay, so someone is willing to pay you a full-time wage. So, you know, you have to go to a different country. Like they, they started to understand that this was like a, an actual real thing with real possibilities. And I think they'd been wanting me to stop playing so seriously because I wasn't earning enough money. I wasn't kind of reaping the rewards of putting so much time in. But I think they definitely kind of supported me in pursuing a career in what I, what I love doing. 'Cause at the time as well, when I was in real estate, I, I wasn't particularly enjoying that. It was very much a a right time kind of thing. I was like, You guys don't you know you guys know that I don't enjoy my current job. Let me try this for at least a year. You know, I'm only an hour away. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work and I'm still doing it today, so
0: do you feel it was like a natural path for you going from being a pro to being a caster? I mean, not everyone can talk. I am living proof. Um, <laughs> but, uh, for you, <laughs> was the transition somewhat smooth or?
3: I think it was really smooth at the time. My older brother, when we first started competing, my older brother basically said, um, he, he, he became a commentator first and he only did that purely to go to events with me there just to kind of support. And because he'd already done it, we'd dabbled around in YouTube, made videos. We'd had a camera put in our face a few times, you know, interviews as a, as a professional player. you kind of used to that camera. And I was always two, three years older than my teammates. I was always the old one, kind of the the captain or whatever whatever you would say of a team. So I was always kind of the one pushed in front of the camera. So I was used to that as, aspect. But I also enjoyed kind of the, the analytical side of breaking things down and when something happened, explaining... This is why, you know, you guys might have seen X, Y, and Z, but just kind of bringing it all together, storytelling, and I think that's really what kind of helped me be like, actually, this is some, this is perfect for me, you know, this is something that I can, I can thrive in. Plus, it was in a, well, it was in the game that I was very particular on in Call of Duty, but it was, uh, it was a pretty easy transition, I would say. I, d- I didn't struggle with too much, but I, it was, a, it was a huge learning curve still.
0: Mm. Um, you talk about being analytical and, and storytelling. I feel like Nero has some experience in this. Uh, Nero, during his streams, there's so many um, aspects of, of playing the Zerg race in StarCraft 2 that uh, have eluded me, uh, considering I played um, Terran in StarCraft in Brood War and switched to Protoss in StarCraft 2. Um, I never really give Zerg, you know, its fair shake. Uh, even though it does seem like the most uh, complete race to be playing. But I feel like Neuro breaks things down and uh, is very analytical with how how units interact with each other, how overall throughout the course of a game, how it plays out. And he's uh, very delightful, let's put it that way, uh, with his storytelling stories that you didn't know could possibly happen in StarCraft, happen in Neuro's stream. Um, so Neuro, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to maybe uh, flex that uh, neuroscience degree a little bit here. Uh, what is it that you enjoy about uh, streams and storytelling in, in StarCraft, and why is it that you get to make up all of these um, I don't know what do we, they're not embellishments, they're totally true but uh, is is that one of the things that led you to continue to want to uh, stream these games and make that part of your career.
2: So to branch and kind of build off the scholarship question, oh. describing StarCraft to people in getting into this, do you think that piano scholarships are legit, that you could go to university with the piano scholarship?
0: I think you can. I just think that eventually most people will realize that their fingers will give out uh, as someone who (laughs) plays piano. So maybe they should have a bit of a backup.
2: (laughs) And there's fencing scholarships, probably. And then you've got chess scholarships, probably. Starcraft Mm -hmm. is kind of like a, a weird blend of all three of those because you have rhythmic aspects of the game, things you have to do every 30 seconds. You have different timers for how long spells last. You also have your macro progression, so how quickly you can mass up army and economy and technology, which is sort of musical in nature. The way that I describe competitive StarCraft Two is two people next to each other trying to play a piece of music each, but also being able to slap the shit out of each other. And whoever performs the piece better is the winner. That's basically how it works. And because you have so many moving parts involved and you have two human players, I believe that the stories tend to be very rich from the pro level to the average player to the novice player, because it's such a, an exciting progression of action that is unique every single time. And that's why I think I've been able to play the game for so long and not burn out of it. And a lot of other people have this really strong love for certain games that have that complexity and that fresh experience every single match. You can have trends, you can have metas that maybe stick a little bit longer than you would like to, but every experience can teach you a lesson if you have the willingness to learn it, you can build relationships with other people, which is awesome. And you can demonstrate to yourself that you can accomplish things and make progress in your life, which I think is one of the most powerful things that you can gather from the gaming experience and also be free from a lot of the politics and the muck of dealing in the workplace, dealing with like different aspects of school. You can have you, and an opponent, nothing else, in a game that is pretty balanced relative to real life, and prove to yourself that I can advance, I can win a match, and I can move up in a league, and that's with you for the rest of your life. So building confidence through gaming, and then really appreciating and celebrating the stories of not just the pro players, but the average players as well.
0: I remember coming into your stream when I first discovered it, Um, We initially met at uh, a Blizzard Summit for uh, StarCraft II, and out of curiosity I went into your streams. I I tend to be the player who tilts really hard after taking a loss. Um, I remember coming into your stream and it was just so zen. So many people uh, just going on about, you know, not so much judging what you just said, judging versus uh, your performance versus pros, Um, you know, people complaining about making stupid mistakes, instead being more about improving yourself and playing against yourself. Um, so that was something that I, I really latched onto when I first found your stream. It's just the amount of positivity and the way of looking at things differently. And your chat is so full of psychology and just incredibly smart individuals. It's a, an interesting place. So I'm hoping some of our viewers go and peek in in your stream. Uh, at some point just to see what a different Twitch chat it can be versus, I I would like to say the majority of Twitch chats. Uh.
2: (laughs) If I could give one note just to be really clear about how my stream and how I work. Sure. Being uh, zen in the moment doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy or feeling positive about what's happening. It can be your poise and your self-control amidst A very frustrating situation so sometimes people will tune in and they'll say what do you never get mad like are you a robot do you never feel any emotion why do you tell people to not feel emotions sometimes you're internally screaming and if you can manage it you want to be aware of how you're feeling inside and be able to choose what your behavior is instead of just blurting out the first thing that comes to mind or just talking shit to somebody because they beat you in a match Think about what's really going on. If you feel bad, step away, catch your breath, figure it out, take care of yourself, and then tackle the problem. So I get upset with the rest of them. And sometimes at the end of a long stream that was particularly taxing, maybe I'm getting hassled by people, maybe I'm losing most of my games. It's really tough. After the camera goes off, you kind of just like fall on the floor and you're like, shit. (laughs) So... When you have the the whole show business aspect of streaming, you you try to show your best and you try to set a good example, but that doesn't mean that things are easy. It doesn't mean that just because a broadcaster isn't like really showing negativity that they don't feel bad inside. So we're people too. We're not just like internet TV robots. (laughs)
0: I'm having a look at what... Oh, um, on that note, actually, uh, I wanted to go ahead and plug real quick um, the guild that Neuro has uh, created on White Mane. Um, please note that the queue times are very long.
1: <laughs> or are they? Because everyone's back at work and school. Bam. <laughs> Got um,
3: <'em. laughs>
0: I'm not sure. White Mane uh, has, has been quite the popular place, uh, to be sure. I've only managed to get on the server twice since the launch has happened. Uh, The last couple times, it was between three and 6,000 in queue. It took me more than four hours to get in the first time. Um, The queue is an interesting place. I've been playing other games to try and fill the time. Uh, But uh, our good friend Cobra Venom sent over this clip uh, of Austin letting us know who is in charge and who runs the guild so i just wanted to play this clip for you guys uh so you get a a bit of a taste as to some of the amazing rp that uh, austin is capable of enjoy
2: who is the guild leader Who is the guild leader? Who is the fucking goddamn guild leader?
4: Bronze half-a-turn runner Leading the charge, leading from the front. Tanking the boss, holding the aggro, building the rage, Striking down the enemies with my huge axe. Making friends along the way. Giving encouragement to our tribe. Teaching each other how to be better at what we do. I am the chief of this humble tribe known as Creation. I am brought, and you are welcome to join us so long as you have respect for yourself and others. Welcome to the realm of Azeroth known as White Mane. a realm which you have learned is plagued by many venomous people, many evil souls, and we are the resistance to this tomfoolery, these shenanigans and this wrongdoing, we will build a beacon of hope in this world where people who want to live peacefully with other people can kick ass and be successful. Now you know who leads this team, the skilled, it's me, Brunt.
0: <laughs> All hell, <hail> Brunt. <laughs> He's clearly the war chief that we need.
1: <laughs> I like that it ended with you laughing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes a lot of these segments are not written ahead of time, they're prompted. <laughs> so there was sure. a viewer who's been a regular of mine for a long time. That question was asked by Hoplite, and he has actually helped me a whole bunch with my push up form. He does a bunch of yoga and i did a push-up challenge stream where it's 10 push-ups for every subscriber and i was saying that there was a little pop in my elbow when i would go down sometimes and he told me to engage my fingers more and support more of my weight with those when i was doing them and it fixed the problem so oh, nice. a lot of times you'll have these regular viewers who have been supporting you and been around for a long time and you stream a new game that you haven't streamed before and they want to kind of know what's going on with that content so shout out to him for asking the question and then leading into this improv and then I also wanted to give a shout out to Ragnarokette, who actually shifted the character that I was going to play with Classic WoW. I was split between playing an undead rogue which was the main character I had in Burning Crusade and a torn warrior and it was kind of like rogue was my most competitive class, got gladiator and arena. I could show off those skills and she said to me, don't lie, you know you would love to main tank for your community. Like, <laughs> You're heckin' right, like that. that's super epic. And already we've had really rich and exciting experiences. I've gotten to see what a lot of my friends from the stream play like in video games, like how good they are at gamers. They're better than I expected sometimes. Like we have some really great healers, some people who really put in the effort and the work and go above and beyond to help other people out. There was someone who, spotted me 20 gold to get my mount. And then I worked the next several hours to earn up that amount of money and then pay her back. So it's been a a real blast. And there's one point that I feel uh, could resonate with anyone really. I played with my brother almost this whole time. We're both around level 46, 47. And I think I can safely say that at no point in our lives have we ever spent this much time together working on something as brothers which is incredible we don't live in the same place we're kind of near each other but we've been able to run a bunch of dungeons help each other with quests my brother had a quest where he had to get something like 120 turtle hide things so we're just on the beach in discord talking with each other laughing about as a group of five in discord farming these turtles and having a blast and you could say oh it's boring to farm 120 turtle shells or whatever but hanging out with four other people who you love and adore and accomplishing something together and just being in fellowship and shooting the shit, that's the best. And Classic has really brought out a lot of that interaction between people.
1: My, um, my husband, we always make fun of him, but it's absolutely that sort of thing where he loves fishing in like any MMO. And it's always he's fishing while he's on a call with other people, and they just chill and fish, <laughs> and, walk, and he loves that. And so does Krendor. Like we know so many people who love those those more like peaceful, monotonous aspects of a game like that, where you could just be like, yeah,
0: we're just hanging, we're just hanging out, mm-hmm. where the games yeah. can be what they make, what you guys make it, uh, it can just be the background for everything. Um, Brooke, I, n- I noticed you've been playing Pixelmon. <clears throat> Oh yeah, we did a. Um, so how is that coming back? <laughs> <laughs> well, so
1: um, Brett Ultimus and a bunch of community members uh, that we called builders while it was going on, they made a Pixelmon campaign, and it was awesome. There was so much work put into it. There was lots of like hidden stuff, puzzles, like homages to past Pixelmon games and stuff. It was really, really, really cool. Um, so yeah, the week before I left, uh, a big group of us all like started our adventures at the same time and it ended with us at the elite four and it was super fun. Um, they did an incredible job with it. So I think they're we were kind of like bug testers almost. They watched us play and, um, found what things worked, what things didn't. And I think they're gonna adjust a bunch of stuff and then and then release it for other people to play, which is super cool. It was really really fun. Um, so yeah, we did that. And uh, while I was gone, I basically only played Fire Emblem.
0: Oh, uh, Three Houses.
1: Because <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't really spent any time on it. Gotcha. Um, so How, much How much did you play? How much?
0: Oh, sorry. I'm, like I'm still
1: in Act 1, apparently. I was talking with Sam about it, and he was like, what act are you in? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, has anything big happened yet? And I was like, no. That's vague. I'm a I'm a, pro- I'm a professor, and I've got students, and we fight sometimes. He was like, okay, you're still in Act 1. I was like, okay, thanks. Cool. Um, Yeah, but I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I thought that it was gonna be more overwhelming than it was because at the beginning of the game they spent so much time being like, you can do this and you can do that and you can do this with your students and you can adjust this and you can adjust that. And I know Jenna from us talking about games a bunch in the past that you are much more the sort of person who's like yes let me micromanage every aspect of every one of my people that i'm putting out into battle this is perfect for me and for me i'm more like what all can you do for me (laughs) because i don't want to have to put that much thought into what everybody's doing um but it actually wound up being much more manageable than i thought it was going to be i feel much less like if i don't do something perfectly right i'm gonna fail the whole thing and ruin you know how the team is building and all of that um so far it's yeah it's been it's been a really fun game so
0: is this the first fire emblem game that you've played or first fire
1: emblem i've ever dove into yeah
0: same um a lot of people have been asking if it's a if it's one that people should start with and while i can't honestly answer that because I have not played uh, previous Fire Emblem games. It seems the general consensus on the internet is yes. It's a a good one to start with. It's
1: it's felt accessible to me. It doesn't feel like I'm missing anything really. Um, (laughs) I don't know what all people have said is different. I just know that it isn't exactly like other Fire Emblem games. Maybe more social Mm. elements to it than
0: before. Um, Yeah. Um... So for anyone who doesn't know about Fire Emblem, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses came out, what, two, three weeks ago, I believe. Um, Oh, a while ago, I think, over a month. Oh, it's been a month now? I think Um, so. I remember it came out before my trip to Australia, and I was going to play it on the plane, and then I saw how much battery life my Switch would have, and I said, nope. (laughs) Um, I figured if I started it, I'd be a dive into it kind of hard. When, When there are games that are... Semi-tactics, uh, well, it is a tactical RPG, but yeah. uh, games like this, I, I go pretty hard in with my min-maxing. It takes me hours to finish one battle because I don't want any character to die. I <laughs> Maximum DPS, maximum kills, uh, least amount of moves possible. If, if the entire thing isn't over by turn five, I'm like, well, crap, let's wipe it and, and start again. Because uh, clearly I've just messed it up. But um uh, Intelligent Systems uh, and uh, Koei Tecmo uh, developed this one. Um, it is exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. On release, it was quite expensive, but I think most people expect games like Persona and Fire Emblem to fetch a hefty price. Uh, I do hate that they wanted to release it uh, with a sort of like a season pass, as you will, um, pricing it let's see 84.98 USD. <laughs> It's a pricey game. Um but uh that's including the season pass, which so is four waves of content. Um otherwise the DLC or season pass is twenty four ninety nine. Um as far as Fire Emblem Three Houses go, I have kind of been in love with this game. I am about two hundred hours in. <laughs> which Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have completed. There are four storylines in Fire Emblem Three Houses, and I, I guess the gist for, for people who have not played it, uh, it's a bit like Harry Potter and a waifu simulator <laughs> mixed with Final Fantasy Tactics. So you are you are essentially a mercenary that becomes assigned as a professor. You're at this school somehow or another. They have funding, considering they're church based. Who knows how that happens, um, and you get to choose between three houses to become the head professor, the uh, the professor of that specific house. So your choices are blue lions, black black eagles, or the golden deer. And each house has their own strength. Blue lions are more uh, melee, more in your face, traditional combat. Um, Black eagles are a bit more magic-based, and golden deer are more range-based. They have uh, their core in archers. Now, the thing about games like this is you can recruit people that are not in your class to come over to the dark side, to join your class, no matter which house you choose. And so for me, that is the, the ultimate option. I, I, I want all of the characters from all these other houses to come join me in my fantastic house. <laughs> become part of my squad as it were even though I haven't
1: attempted to do that at all
0: Uh... (laughs) I talk to every single time
1: I get the option to walk around the monastery I talk to every single character Mm -hmm. so I know that like anything that I've had the opportunity to do and the amount that I've had the opportunity to interact with them like has been fulfilled but I still I don't know why I feel really bad being like but like fuck those guys you should come over here (laughs) you should
0: hang out with us we're uh, um, <laughs> Be the best. Yes, yes. pretty much. Uh, th- I mean, that is essentially the idea is to prove that you are the best because by uh, being the professor, you can learn skills as well uh, and increase the skills. So the idea is they want to join your house if you as a professor can give them the skills and knowledge to become better at uh, their right. chosen um <clears throat> specialty, I guess. So they'll come join your class if you have stats uh, in, a, in a certain attribute or you have um, bow skills or heavy armor skills and whatnot. Um, so for my most recent playthrough, there, there are different modes that you can play the game on as well. So for my uh, most recent one, it is uh, hard mode and also classic mode, which is permadeath. So any student that falls in battle is dead permanently uh, and you can't get them back so that's not fun for me <laughs> <laughs> um and my other goal is to uh, obtain every single student that can be obtained uh, from all the other classes basically just screwing over the other house so imagine harry potter if you will and there's nobody left in slytherin at all because because
1: you, are... <laughs> you just took all of them
0: yes um and then you can use all those various units in battle they have strengths and weaknesses um, there are definitely some characters that are created with a bit more depth than others. Some of the backstories you kind of fall in love with. There's tropes out the yin-yang. So there's the, uh, the wayward prince, uh, the, the nobles who have had uh, so much responsibility foisted upon them just because of their rank and station in life. And then there are some uh, interesting introverts, uh, awkward characters that you might empathize a little bit more with if you are a bit of an introvert like me. Uh-uh. Uh, and you can romance these individuals, which is why it's half waifu anime simulator, if you will. Um, so not only are you trying to make everybody your best friend as a teacher, which is already difficult, you take them into battle, have them fight with you side by side, and uh, improving relationships, telling them what they want to hear, and eventually wifing one of them. Or I think you might be able to choose to be alone as well. I think that might be an option. Just choose nobody and be like, nah, I'm just a badass on my own. I don't need you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The replayability uh, in the game is is what's been keeping me coming back. Uh, As soon as I finished the Blue Lines playthrough, I finished it, I was 116 hours deep before I finished that one as soon as i got the the last screen the montage and the credits rolled i'm like okay next house we're, we're playing it again and i haven't gone hard into a game like that since maybe persona three or four maybe mm-hmm. so for me three houses has been uh an adventure I, I have some gripes about it like slow loading times and some characters loading times
1: do take a while sometimes
0: yeah Um, there's also some of the relationships, I feel, could have been more fleshed out, like, there's no reason why certain same-sex relationships shouldn't be viable, it's not story-breaking. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. (laughs) I was reading, (laughs) before I even touched the game, I, a couple of friends of mine were like, wait, so why can't I go for this person? That doesn't make any sense.
0: Right, uh, so so that, that bothered me a little bit. Uh, it's like, why uh, story, why narratively is it okay for this character to be bisexual? This character is just not. Um, right. What's game breaking about that? Uh, I, I just want them to tell me why. Um, right. <laughs> and then there's also some confusion about furthering relationships with specific characters once you get to a certain point in the game uh like for example there's a character leone i can't i have the option in the game it tells me it is too late for you to further your relationship with her it's like too late too late yeah interesting sometimes you have to further the relationship before a certain major event happens and with there being no foreshadowing uh for that happening it it sort of ruins the playthrough for you a little bit if you had your heart set on obtaining right. that specific character by some point in the game and being told, nope, you can't. You just sunk 116 hours into this game, and unless you scum-saved your way all the way through it, there's no hope for you. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the only other criticism I have is that while the characters feel very much, well, Byleth, the um, the protagonist, feels like you make her your own or him, um, the only option you have for customizing the character is either you are a male or you are a female, and that's it. You can't change anything else about the character. And in a game where detail and depth is so much focused on, that just seemed like a bit of a weird, I don't know, choice, decision to make. Just, you are fem- female, you are male, and that that is it. <laughs> right. That was weird for me. Um... But yeah, I, I I like the game a lot. There are uh, always going to be some things to make a game better. But that's yeah. Overall, uh, I've enjoyed the game clearly. Two hundred hours in, uh, lots of lots of potential for it to continue um, getting better as they release mm. uh, more DLC. They're supposed to add more characters, more quests, and whatnot. Um, yeah, and it hasn't it hasn't felt stale yet. The battles do take me forever because it is hard mode. But then again, that's just how because I'm of the way I'm playing it, not because it's a, a incredibly difficult game on normal. It's it is somewhat easy. But tactics games, I do tend to be a bit over the top and OCD about. <laughs> um, another game that
1: I played was Dark. I don't know if any of you guys played Dark when it came out. Um, that game is really cool it's really interesting um it's d-a-r-q and it's a it's a side scrolling puzzle game technically but it's all about like physics breaking um the sound design in it is really good and also really loud so keep that in mind when you're (laughs) gonna play it for the first time you're gonna be like yeah this seems like a normal sound level and then something's gonna happen that's so Loud, (laughs) like just preemptively turn it down a little bit. Um, But the the concept of the game is really interesting. The idea of it, I guess, was that it's it's like based on nightmares that the creator had while growing up. And so it's done in a series of levels. There's like seven different levels, and uh, and you play this character who keeps in between, just keeps like going back to bed and going to sleep. And the way that um the way that the whole thing is designed, the way that you play it and the sound design together are so impactful. Like it's just really um I don't know what the word is for it, but you can kind of if you're looking at the footage right now, you get kind of a Tim Burton-y feel from it, right? Um and it's just it's hey, kidding,
0: this is Tim Burton's house.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can feel really Every time something unexpected happens, like, your heart elevates so much. Like, it's really, really good at doing kind of the jump scare thing without making you feel like, well, that wasn't fair, right? It's It just feels like that was meant to happen. That was totally part of the whole idea, you know, the whole concept. Um, I, I wound up really, really liking it. It was very short, though, um, only a couple of hours long, but... Uh, but I thought that it was really, really well done. I can't remember how much it was. Hold on.
0: And it's all Uh, like very zero gravity. Um, It's a very interesting.
1: There's one level where there's like a thing that you hold on to, because it is side scrolling. There's a thing that you Mm. hold on to, to like shift which side you're scrolling on. So like say that you walk by, you know, like a, a four way stop sort of an idea. You can like shift it so that you're now walking on the other side of that street or on a completely different mm. street. Um, stuff like that, I thought was really, really interesting and creative. Um, I would, I would pay twenty bucks for this again for sure. Uh, but it is short, so you're not, you're not getting a lot of time out of it. But you're getting like a really well done game out of it, you know. So. Yeah, I I absolutely enjoyed that. I thought that was really cool. And I also finally um, played Rad.
0: Oh, I saw saw previews for Rad when it came out on Steam. It looked interesting, but I have not had a chance to play it. I saw a lot of streamers were getting into it, though. I wasn't sure if there was like a bounty out for playing it or something like that. Uh, How did you like it?
1: I liked it. Yeah, um, I think that it's the sort of game that can be added to. I would be interested to see it added to because the concept of it is like um sort of goofy post-apocalyptic uh you know there's rads in the air that give people um mutations right and so as you play it's it's very roguelite you like every time you you start off it's like a brand new game um And uh, as you play, you can unlock things that will then show up when you play the next time. Um, As you play, you gain more and more um, mutations. But the mutations don't have a whole lot of uh, cohesiveness. There isn't like... (laughs) We've been kind of spoiled because at this point now we have games like Isaac that have so many items. And so many things that sort of work together, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So in a game like this... I was surprised that two games in a row I got the exact same mutation really early on. That, ma- that made me go, oh, maybe there aren't that many mutations in the game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mutations do build on themselves. So one of them that I got quite a few times is you can uh, like lay eggs that turn into babies that follow you around and are kind of like little turrets. They like attack things for you and stuff. Um, and so if I make it further in the game with that mutation, eventually that I'll get a mutation that's like, your babies do more damage, that kind of a thing. Um, so it is, it is really fun. I love the style of it and I like playing it. Um, I just, I feel when playing it, the sort of way that I felt when I first played um, Gungeon. Oh where I was like, there aren't that many weapons. And obviously now there are a ton of weapons, right? Because they've added to it. So when playing this, I was like, this is really fun and I like playing it, but I hate that I keep getting the exact same mutations over and over and over again. Um, so I'm hoping that they'll they'll add to it. It's not keeping me from playing it. I've still been, been playing it in my off time, um, but I would love variety in it. And I think that it's set up in a way where they can absolutely add variety easily. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's good. Nice, um, and I imagine you're playing this on PC. I, I wanted to say it also came out for the Switch. As I think it well. came out for
1: Switch as well. Yeah, I've been playing it on PC though.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The art style is uh, definitely mm-hmm. interesting. Nice yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's it's cute. So. spikes. Uh, sorry, just watching. All right. Let's see. Um, have you played anything else? I know you've been sick. Poor thing. <laughs>
1: no, it's mostly since I've been gone. It's mostly been Fire Emblem.
0: Gotcha. Um, um, same here. Mostly Fire Emblem and uh, and some classic WoW. Um, uh, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VIII remastered uh, is now out. Um, oh, so, is it? Yes. So uh, I have installed that. So that's going to be a thing. That'll be happening again in the very near future. Um, let's see what else here. Hmm. Bum, 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 bum. I wanted to. I knew I had a few things to ask. Actually, I want to say there are some questions I had asked um, Twitter to pull in and uh, see if they wanted to ask any specific questions. You have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, random cat. Um, if they had any questions for our guests. And there were some questions, so I'm going to grab those. Let's see here. Hopefully, we haven't answered them all at this point. I think we have. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. Quinn. Of course, Quinn has to ask a, a we'll question. We'll skip that one. <laughs> I don't you... <laughs> even know what it is. But... Skip Quinn. Uh, oh, and it's actually a question for I'm everyone. He, he, has, he has asked it to everyone um how important is it to you to individually individually being able to interact with your viewers every stream and to know you have a core fan base there for you it's actually a good question philip do you want to do you want to take that one on
3: i want to say it's surprising to to hear such a good question from quinn um so no he's uh he's a unique individual we love him but uh, i i'd say for for myself it's I, i have a very very you know i'm new to kind of being consistent with twitch but i see the same names in there every single time uh you know and when you see someone else someone new it's great you're introducing them to kind of that little little family almost over that community of yours but i think it is very important to to kind of build that core fan base if you like but it's strange because i'm so and i'm sure every stream is different i get get to actually play games with a lot of my fan or viewers if you like because I, I choose to do so so it's strange i don't just see them as kind of like a name on a twitch chat anymore i i get to interact with them i speak to them you know you have fun with them and you kind of chat when you're not streaming with them as well so i, c- I can only imagine if i was to get get a bigger stream and you know have the hundreds of viewers that you can't simply do that with because there's just too many um but i, I love having almost that set 10 20 people that are are always there always hanging out because it's like when i go live you know i'll I'll play a game but instantly i feel like i'm playing with 20 of my friends because they're all there hanging out with me and i think that's one of the most important things and i love it i think it's very
2: important
0: how about you austin
2: i think your audio cut out a little bit there you're asking me my, my opinion on it yeah yeah so the really Important thing to remember as a broadcaster is that you have the attention of real people, real people who have time that is valuable and precious to them. So if they're watching you, that's a big thing. Getting to know the people who support you, I feel like, creates the foundation of having a really strong team. And a team can accomplish way more than an individual. So when I think about the success of a channel, That's not just the broadcaster. That's the person who chose to follow and then open up the stream a second time and then bump you up in the listing by one viewer, which means you get more and more traction. It's the people who make a clip of your channel. The people who, as a viewer, you make the broadcaster laugh. Some days, I firmly believe that Twitch chat is way funnier than the broadcaster. They're just (laughs) having a blast and they're on fire. And the broadcaster is basically just the person who is the host of this hilarious meeting of friends. And another key point too is if you think about a streamer, I think a lot of times people think of it as like a sort of glamorous stream job. If a person was just in their own home with their computer screens talking to themselves, that's kind of lonely and sad. But if you have real people who are in fellowship with each other, engaging in experiences and having a great time, that's the best ever. So I feel like the audience makes it. It's not as exciting to be singing a song to an empty stadium. But if you have a bunch of people who are there, that energy is a part of the show. So the viewer is not just a means for the broadcaster to make a living and gain revenue. The viewer is there as a part of the story. The narratives and the storylines of the viewers in the chat matter. I've seen people go from joining the chat saying something really rude and then you engage with them, you talk with them and you give them a chance. You say, all right, I see where you're coming from. This is how we do things here. I'm gonna welcome you. And if you wanna roll with us and play by our rules, then you're fine here. And a lot of times people will kind of turn around and then they'll say that actually, this is a pretty cool uh, exchange where I get treated as an adult, I get treated as an equal instead of I've heard some streamers call viewers losers, which is disgusting. Oh gosh. But you get to engage with equals and enrich each other's lives. And that's really the beauty of live streaming. It's so cozy and friendly if you can do it right, where you're not reading from a script, it's not feeding in from some like political motivation of someone who's paying you to say certain stuff. You can be real with other real people in the world internationally. Streaming is amazing, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. I feel the same way. I feel like we are just more or less facilitators some of the times instead of entertainers. Thank goodness, because I am not a built-in entertainer. I was not born to entertain, Uh, but I can facilitate and in my own little space, hopefully create an environment that people feel that they can come back to. They, They know what the vibe of the chat's going to be like every time. And even though the viewership numbers might not be in the hundreds of thousands, having that, that core group, like you were saying, Philip, that just, you know, even that 10 and 20 people that are always there when you go live. Um, or like you said, Austin, you know, if you're having a crap day and just, you know, that one person comes in, you know, you can rely on that, rely on getting at least a stability and maybe that positive vibe that just makes your day turn around, makes it a bit different. Yeah. It's uh Great. What do you think, Brooke? Um, How important is it for you to be able to interact one on one?
1: I've said before that I would hate it if I ever got so big that I didn't recognize people in chat, or that chat was going so fast I couldn't talk yeah. to people. You know, um, because I think that that's like the cornerstone of the whole thing. <laughs> at least, at least for me as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Some of these, some of my viewers have been with me since I was a kid, basically it's insane you know so like it's it's really really fun to see the same people coming back over years and um and recognize so many of them and think to myself oh my god these people were around when i graduated college they were Mm. around when i got married when i had my kid you know like like there's there's more going on here than just like hello (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I am an entertainer, and you are here to watch me be entertaining, right? <laughs> um, the interaction is is not absolutely not just like beneficial like that way. It's beneficial this way as well. Um, and I get so much, so much joy out of streaming and and whenever I get feedback that's like, you know, your streams helped me this way, or the community is so nice, or any of those things, like being able to create a nice place for people to hang out, um, and also me being part of that, I think is is what makes streaming fun. I would be really sad if, if yeah, if I couldn't do that anymore. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Um, you're wonderful. all great. <laughs> Don't let it go to your heads, but you're all great. <laughs>
0: Um, no
2: you're breathtaking
0: right oh, you're, oh. Breathtaking. <laughs> no, you're breathtaking the year of keanu um <laughs> i think it was for your birthday you were playing twitch sings brooke yeah okay, okay. I, I i i was lurking awesome. i have a tendency to lurk in channels uh when That's i'm doing my know. other job and uh, sometimes i'll even just have the stream thrown up on the projector or second <laughs> monitor whatnot and so i won't even be in the chat i'll just be right solidly just watching and i i've there's been there have been a few moments uh in in brooke's chat where the chat just bowls me over just kills me um but i don't think i've ever heard brooke laugh as hard um <laughs> as she did <laughs> at herself during her own birthday stream playing twitch sings
1: uh was it when i was doing um uh fucking evanescence
0: yeah it was <laughs> and she she just brooke.exe had stopped working at that point yeah and and chat was just you could see it was scrolling <laughs> so fast i was like if i say anything in here it's it's gonna get lost so i'm just not but it was scrolling so fast it was just people just sending love and 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 sharing in that joyful moment <laughs> yeah. And so, I don't know, it just really made my day. It warmed my heart. And I like the fact that I know what I'm going to get as soon as I go into your chat because it is your community. I know one of three yeah. things that's going to happen. They're either going to be laughing at something that you did because you're usually <laughs> laughing about yourself or at yourself, which is, which is good. We should all laugh at ourselves more. Uh, it'll be about cats or it'll be about butts. One of those right. three things. Um, so I, I, I love being able to know that I can um, roll a die and and see where i'm gonna get but i'll get at least one of those three <laughs> things you. if i go into your chat If i, go I into- always love sorry oh no 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 go ahead
1: i was just gonna say i love when i've been zoning out really hard on a game and i haven't been looking at chat and i look over and somebody's been like guys i just got a new cat what should i name my cat and everybody's like oh my gosh congrats on the cat here are names <laughs> i have so many ideas for names for this cat like it's just it's always wholesome in there it makes me so happy. Anyways, continue what you oh, were saying.
0: No, no, no. I just, um, you yeah, know, just talking about community. Like, I don't know what uh, it would be like if you weren't able to stream um, anymore. Like, oh, it'd be so sad. Uh, <laughs> such a wholesome place now. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> see what other uh, questions we had. Da, 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 da. Um, Can I there? make one more note about that real quick? Of course.
2: Of so I think there's a lot of room for a broadcaster to train their viewers over time, especially the solid regulars and the supporters who tune in over time, just understanding what the rules are, how people should act, and things like that. So totally. you can have a very efficient chat culture where the chat respects the space of it, and they don't spam it and fill it too much, which means you can actually carry conversation even as your viewership gets a little bit higher. So people who tune in regularly say they have a mod badge, they have a VIP, they have a sub badge. If they're setting a good example, then the new people who are tuning in kind of see that example. And that's the anchor for how you're going to be acting in that environment. I think people are pretty smart. They can figure out etiquette and good behavior and things like that. Sure. So giving people just a little bit of instruction and also giving people some, uh, appreciation and praise when they're, they are setting a good example goes a really long way for building that team of positive people, not just the broadcaster who it's their job to make sure all the chat lines are good. Sometimes one of the regulars will engage someone who's new, fill them in, show them how we do stuff, and that saves the broadcasters so much time. I can't emphasize enough how much energy is saved for the frequently asked questions that we get. We get asked some of the same questions so many times Neuro, has anyone told you like Jason Newsted? Dear God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's to the point now where we have a command for it, and my regulars know the command for it, and they'll fire the command. They've just saved me a headache.
0: And they've so, taught someone else the command, too, and it just keeps yeah. going further and further along. Yeah. So um, thank
2: you. Thank you, solid regulars and streams, people who are well-behaved. I think a lot of people who are misbehaving get... A disproportionate amount of attention but the people who are maybe just lurking and chill and being nice you're appreciated as well even if we don't say it every two minutes
0: absolutely uh echo that uh one thing i was surprised by is uh that austin's chat is frequently so what's the word <laughs> there's a there's a, a very vast well, broad range of people that come in there uh between the regulars and and the newbies uh people who are tilted people are who are not tilted people who have no idea what starcraft even is and now they're tuning in for wow um one thing i wanted to ask is how do you find your community is sort of transitioning now that you're playing some wow classic people who had previously just watched you for starcraft um how do you feel that's working out or Is chat behaving? Is the community only growing as a result of this? Or are they hating on you a bit?
2: It's a mixed bag, it kind of depends. The people who watch my channel for me and my personality, my thoughts, they love the content. The people who have played WoW in the past, they like the content as well. The people who open my channel and they expect to see GM Zerg Ladder, (laughs) generally they ask me if I've retired from StarCraft. And if I had a dollar for every time I've been asked if I retired from StarCraft in this past week, I could take you all out to a five-star restaurant for dinner. No so there, there's your reference point there. But again, going back to that previous point, a lot of my regulars help fill in and explain stuff so I don't have to do it again and again and again. Mm. Uh, just because a broadcaster broadcasts a game that is not their primary game, it doesn't mean that they retired from their primary game. And sometimes you get excited about something and want to play it for a week. So from a, like a personal human level, that seems like a totally normal thing. I'm excited about this game that I used to play back in the day. I'm going to play it for a week. But when you've established yourself as a StarCraft streamer, people have that expectation when they open the channel. And it's not possible to reach everyone ahead of time and say, all right, I'm going to be doing this for a week. Just get all your complaints out right now. I tried to do that leading up to it, but you're always going to get some complaints and things like that. But it's worth it. I've really enjoyed it. And I think one of the better things about having A little bit lower viewership for the Classic WoW stuff is we can focus more on the stories of the friends who are in the guild with us. We can laugh about, I'll have like four other people in Discord with me while we're streaming, which I don't normally do that. So we've been able to go further in deep conversation with close friends, as opposed to me, the broadcaster, commentating ladder matches over and over again, and having a little bit of time between to skim the chat i can read the chat way more with this so if you want to talk to me about something that's a really good time to do that and i think the the rp stuff that i've been doing isn't very widespread at the moment so a lot of people don't even know that that's a thing that is done with uh, classic wow i think it's a really great format for creating those fantasy narratives i have a D D campaign that we've been doing for a while and that's a really fun and rich experience just to think about your character, think about what your character would do and how they would make decisions and talk through what's going on around them. So the most important thing for a creator is to make content that you love and want to make, that you think is fun and fresh and dank. I talked with some people at Twitch headquarters about growth, and I think growth oftentimes like really makes you upset and bitter about not building fast enough, and it can blind you from focusing on the next cool and fun thing that you can write or that you can make a video of or a joke about stuff like that so it's more content oriented rather than growth oriented
0: it's a wonderful answer <laughs> oh, anyone else feel like they can't talk after austin goes on a spiel oh my god i had to introduce <laughs> myself after he
3: introduced himself i know i feel <laughs> so, so bad I, for you know now, right now but it, it, it is very well explained like, you, you, that's the good part of it.
0: <laughs> Neuro teaches all the things. Um, I was going to uh, bring up, uh, Philip. I remember having a conversation with you at one point about uh, streaming just one game. And uh, I think we, we had some conversations about when uh, Apex came out. And some people were like, oh my gosh, let's hop on to the, the new hotness. Let's go and play Apex. And people yeah. were sort of um, almost. <laughs> borderline harassing you uh, in chats like oh, Philip play 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 apex why aren't you playing apex have you tried apex yet all mm. of your friends are playing apex why aren't you playing apex um, <laughs> since you just play uh, one game at the moment um, how do you feel how do you feel about keeping your stream fresh um, you know it, it when people come in, and obviously with the um, the alpha for uh, Modern Warfare coming out, and there's was only one mode, of course, and it was only for uh, the weekend, but it seemed like everyone and their mum was playing it um, to death. I got bored of it after about an hour. Um, yep. Do you constantly <laughs> feel pressured uh, when people come in and they're like, "Oh, play this, play that"? I mean, like you're almost a uh, you know a TV with no cable hooked up. Um, someone it keeps on mashing like that. on the remote. Yeah.
3: I, I think for me, again, I think it depends of what level of a, a streamer you are. I think sometimes, you know, you know, the biggest streamers in the world right now, they can swap onto another game and people will still watch. And as a, a streamer who's trying to, you know, grow and get consistency, it's almost a, a worry of, you know, if I, you know, suddenly change game, you know, because I have, you know, a small fan base as it is right now or a small viewership you know, will it get even smaller? Will I lose what I've already gained? So it's almost like you don't want to lose that, but again, it kind of goes back to what Nyora said is, you should be doing what you enjoy, you know, you shouldn't just be always trying to please everyone else. Um, I am also a type of person who is very much like, I'll get so addicted to the game as a competitor, kind of previously, I will start a new game, I won't be good, but I won't stop till I am good. And Sometimes it's, it's a worry of picking something up that you won't put down. And I think it's frustrating because people want to see variety. People want to see, you know, you play this game or play that game. And I would always, I've always said, I want to be a you know, streamer. If, if I was to be a, classed as a streamer, that people tune in to watch me rather than just, play, just the game. You know, they want to see me play whatever it will right. be on that day. And, and that's, I think, if you're that type of streamer and and I follow those type of streamers, I watch those type of streamers, I click on their channel not even knowing what they're playing because I know that I'm going to click it and they're going to make me laugh or they're going to entertain me or whatever it is. But it, it it can be frustrating, but I think it's partly on my side as well where I don't want to kind of lose what I've already built. And maybe that's for me just to be like, screw it. I'm going to play whatever I want and, you know if you stick around, you stick around. I'm sure like some would, some wouldn't, and that's fair enough. They want to see a certain game, but um, that doesn't mean that they, you know, won't come back when you, you know, come back to that game as Nora said as well. You're not necessarily just retiring from that game just because you're not playing it that week. So I think it's, uh, I think it's important just to kind of do what you want as a streamer, have that, have that variety, have that choice. And again, keep it fresh, keep it entertaining as well for, for the viewers. I'm a, a very unique streamer in the sense that I am very hooked on one game, and one game only, but I think that's why people watch it too.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine tuning into a Momo stream and it, not playing blackout. Like what would that I mean? Be if it's like? not, if it's not COD, then it's
3: like, <laughs> you know, is this guy ill? Has the game broken? What, what's going on? Are the server's um, down for maintenance. <laughs> yeah. like that, that, That's what it, you know, if something's gone wrong, if I, if I'm not playing COD, but when I, when I watch streams, you know, half of them aren't COD. So it it kind of, you know, I do have other interests, but when it comes to playing games, it's all very competition-minded. I think that comes from my past as well.
1: Gotcha. I never watch people play the sort of things that I play.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's bizarre. I'll find myself watching things that I wouldn't even want to play. I I just Mm want to see like, oh, what's this about? You know, this looks interesting. And if I was asked, would you ever play that? I'd be like, nah, probably not, but it's kind of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I've never played uh, Rainbow Six Siege in my life. I watch (laughs) Rainbow Six Siege all the time, because I think it's fun to watch people play it, Mm. but I don't think I would like playing it. I don't know why.
2: (laughs) I've actually had a lot of games like that growing up, because I tend to be the kind of person who plays a very small number of games. Mm. I don't play the, the stuff that's coming out and things. So what I would do is I would watch my brother play through a game, I didn't play through it, but it was fun to watch him. My roommates in university, my partner, stuff like that, watching them play through those, and you get a lot of that experience without necessarily committing that amount of time to play through an entire campaign or whatever.
1: Mm. Yeah. I I love, like, um, my husband is really good at uh, fighting games. I love watching him play fighting games. But when I play fighting games, it's like, I can't even go online to try and play or I'll get annihilated, you know? like I, I
3: enjoy them. You don't even wanna step into that zone. Like you just know it's, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that I can't compete, but I love watching people who are competitive. Um, so, yeah. Which, you know, if that wasn't a common thing for people to enjoy watching other people either be good at a game or experience a game, then we wouldn't even have streaming to do. <laughs> it wouldn't be a thing so
2: (laughs) i think with the recent popularity and rise of popularity of streaming there's a pretty common misconception that a streamer is a person who plays video games as opposed to a streamer is an entertainer who has a show and they're trying to captivate an audience with things that are consistently engaging and that's more of the discipline as opposed to i have simply opened up obs and i'm now playing a game you have to think about what is going on now, if someone just opened my channel, is there action, is there conversation, or a really nice atmosphere? There should be some reason for them to stick around because it's very competitive nowadays, and just to turn on the broadcast doesn't necessarily mean to practice showmanship.
1: I think it's both though, because I can say, oh, I would get banging views if I played a horror game, but I would not enjoy myself. And I think that if you, as, as the streamer, are not enjoying what you're playing or getting something out of it, they can tell. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that it can be exclusively, what can I play that is going to be the most entertaining for my viewers. I don't think that that's enough. Well, I guess it depends on the streamer.
2: No, that's but- a good point though, because you're basically saying that it should be your health and your longevity first. So that you can continue to survive and keep doing the stuff, as opposed to necessarily reaching for the highest metric in the short term. Yeah. If
1: I'm not, if I'm not getting energy from the enjoyment of playing the game, I have no energy to give my viewers. Yeah. You know, I think I think it has to be both.
0: I saw a lot of streams over the weekend of people playing the, I guess Blair Witch game. I'm not sure what oh, the title God. of it is. It God. might just be Blair Witch. Um, so, you know, horror games, people just watching for the shock value. And I saw the numbers on some of the streams, and I would go in thinking, like, okay, who is the streamer? Is this someone who's been around for a long time that they have these numbers? Um, you know, that do they have an audience that's been cultivated? Um, you know, is the cult of personality this strong that it warrants these numbers? and it was probably one of the dullest streams I'd ever watched, and I, I'm not gonna obviously throw shade on anyone uh, right. in particular, but uh, I was shocked to, to see someone play the game, react in the most obvious way possible, chats going off the hook on them, and, but there's like no substance there, um, and I looked to their uh, previous um, streams and saw basically nothing. It was just like blown up. So I I'm, sometimes Twitch befuddles me in that way. Um, on, on the one hand, it seems like the cult of personality is strong enough to where they could play Hello Kitty Island Adventure on a phone and stream it, and it would be just the most lit stream you'd ever seen in your life. <laughs> uh, um, or the other people who are like, ah, well, let's just go into the the Twitch browse tab, see what everybody else is playing, hop on that bandwagon, uh, cash in, and 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 peace out. You know, it's it's a uh, which is an odd animal, and I don't quite understand all of it just yet. <laughs> for sure.
2: If it feels like a Wild West from the Justin TV days. I wasn't a streamer back then, but it was almost close to no rules, and we've been getting more and more rule of law and things and expectations for broadcasters and how content and, and things are done, but there's no precedent for much of what happens in the broadcasting business and esports as well. So that is kind of being figured out as we go. So some people have to make the mistakes and get punished for them in that process when we're yeah. learning what this format is all about and how we should do business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started YouTube back when you could basically do anything you wanted with a song. Mm-hmm. Now more copyright the case strikes. At all, yeah. And we're starting to get there with uh, with Twitch as well. Like for the most part, people still play whatever music they want, but um people are finally starting to get little notices like hey maybe don't play that song. <laughs> 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 so
0: yeah. Um uh, see. We're yeah. learning. Right. We're learning. Yeah. <laughs> Getting email notifications about September. Have you guys heard about this on Twitch? Uh, yeah, 50% off subs. Woohoo. Uh, apparently, apparently it's the third year they've done this. I missed mm. it the past two years. I don't even know <laughs> how this works. Um, fifty percent off tier one new tier one subscriptions made on a web browser or desktop app. Does anyone actually use uh, Twitch is going to ban my channel now? Does anyone actually use the Twitch desktop app? I've Sam uses it said. a lot, and I don't know why. I have I didn't know it existed. Yeah, I just.
3: I just opened Twitch.
0: Right? Yeah. I had no idea that, that that was a thing. Just that I would ask. Um, <laughs> it's like, who actually downloads that? It's like, I only uh, play games via the Microsoft uh, <laughs> store on my PC, right. not even on an Xbox. Um, let's see if you have any active gift subs or Twitch Prime subs, you can also continue your subscriptions for 50% off. Huh. Add a freebie, blah, 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 blah. Typical stuff, bonus bits, sub-gifting simply on Twitch. Yeah, a whole lot of nothing. Okay. Sorry, just emails about it. And I'm like, is something major actually happening? No. Um, let's see, what other questions did we have? I knew we had a couple of them that came in. Ooh, Curtis writes in How do you guys define success on a daily or stream by stream level? Overall, I imagine the goals are growing your channel, but outside of enjoyable, entertaining, how do you create personal short-term goals?
3: It's a good question.
0: <laughs>
3: it's, it, it's, I think everyone kind of has goals is just to grow in some way, whether that be viewers, whether that be whatever, sub count, whether that be just the people chatting in the chat. Um, and I think we'll probably all have kind of different answers again because we're probably at different places too. But for me, I, I just want to my, – my goal is more uh, as cliche as it is for my, like myself to be consistent because I've always been so inconsistent in streaming. So, you know, I'll get something going, then it'll just fade away and I'll take a week off and you come back and it's not the same. So for me, my goals are to be consistent and I, I just have – I love having a, a chat. And I love interacting with that chat. And I know some people are lurkers and they are either on the phone or they're you know, they're not a keyboard or whatever it would be. But my goal is to kind of get my chat interacting with me as much as I can with them. And then when I'm playing the game and I turn around and suddenly they're interacting with each other and I'm not even involved with it, that's my favorite thing. I love it when like three people are having a conversation and it's about maybe what I'm doing, but it's not about me or inter or directly involving me um but of course i think everyone would agree in saying that by by all means you know more viewers is great more subs are great um but i think just having like a, a strong solid kind community is, is one of my biggest goals
0: uh for me my goal on I i won't say per stream basis because i i feel like i don't go into a stream with ha i want to accomplish oh yeah that- this specific- mm-hmm. oh, go
3: ahead. I I was going to say, per stream, I I kind of, I would, I was just almost agreeing with you. I would never go in like, my goal today is (laughs) to, to hit seven more viewers than I did yesterday. You know, it's, I, it's more, more long term for me.
0: Yeah. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, I used to have a job that I hated. uh, And I used to go in every single day as soon as I would clock in. And in my head, I, it was almost a, force, sheer force of will. It's was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make my rent today or, you know, like I'm going to make my, my electric bill today. And that's the way I had to look at it because otherwise I would have no motivation for that job going into that job today. I was beyond the point of, Hey guys, let's pull together as a team and do the best job that we can. Let's serve these customers. Right. Ooh, I, I didn't respect my job. I didn't respect my coworkers. It was just a really not so much fun time in my life at that moment. Um, so I, I try not to get into the mindset of per stream uh, goals overall. And for me, it's not so much about um, the, the numbers. It, it is nice to think about being able to support oneself and not have to do my second job anymore. That would be nice. But um, so I guess maybe that is overall a goal is, you know, to be able to provide some sort of value uh, for someone out there, I have eventually, uh, not eventually, uh, every once in a while, there'll be an email or um, a, a message sent to me where someone has said, you know, hey, what you did today really impacted my life. I was, you know, having a uh, really bad day and, and your stream made me smile, that kind of thing. I sort of live for those moments. Mm. Um, I think that's kind of what keeps me, keeps me doing. It keeps me here. Uh, not so much a a per firing up above the stream uh so yeah it's a long-winded answer to the question anyone else want to have a go be more eloquent than i
2: <laughs> i kind of think about it a little bit like playing a rock show where you don't necessarily rock out to have a few more people standing out there you play to really jam and enjoy the content and really hype up the crowd as big or as small as that might be you can have a small cozy stream that people really adore. And that is more precious than like he was referencing seven more viewers on that particular day. Like, what does that do as opposed to someone who, as you mentioned, had their day brightened by your broadcast, that's way more valuable and important. So my goals have tended to be more content oriented as opposed to growth oriented, where it's about the next idea that you have. So maybe I want to do a class for StarCraft about Production I have to write that I have to do some slides for it And then we host it and talk about an element of the game and that's a better goal for me than saying We're gonna hit a certain sub count. There's nothing wrong with having goals related to sub counts I think that's a really fun uh, driver of revenue. It is a business We need to be able to pay to keep the lights on and everything so if a broadcaster is promoting their patreon promoting their whatever social stuff That's part of what is necessary to make a living because it's a very grassroots oriented uh, way of earning revenue. It's not like we're salaried and we have paychecks that come in the mail. You keep these (laughs) streams alive with your subscription. So we appreciate that very much. And it is a part of how we need to kind of plug our own stuff and survive.
1: Um, Yeah, for for me, it's really like, (laughs) it's kind of hard to talk about goals because everything is so volatile and everything fluctuates so much. Like my current goal is literally to get back to where I was a year ago. Right? Like, like I hit an all time high on stuff about a year ago and I keep thinking to myself, I want to organically get back to that point. That would be great. Mm. Um, but I, I make myself not look at my analytics. I don't look at my analytics. I don't, I try not to look at my viewer numbers or anything like that. I try to just gauge it by like, am I having fun playing the game? Is chat active? You know? Um, I I try to gauge whether or not I had a good streaming day based on those things because sorry, I have to sneeze. <laughs> oh my gosh.
4: Wash your <laughs> if,
1: if I'm obsessing over like God, I had this many viewers the other day, but now I'm playing this game and I have this many viewers. Does that mean that I shouldn't play the game anymore? Right. Um, I just, I don't think that that's necessarily beneficial overall. I I do try to listen to critique that way. Right. If I've played a certain game for a few days and people are like, this is boring. <laughs> I try to listen to that um, and and take that into account for sure. But Overall, yeah, I try to just, like, play games that I know I'm going to enjoy. Um, hopefully, games that Chad is going to enjoy watching. And uh, my honestly, my current goals are, like, past goals that I've already hit. So I don't know that I could say I have any, any goals, really. <laughs> it's just, like, try not to plateau, I guess. Because <laughs> um, that's really on YouTube and Twitch that's been my life has been, like, I have, a, I have a little surge and then I plateau. I have a little surge and maybe I go back to the plateau again and then I surge and maybe I plateau there. Um, so acknowledging that I'm in a plateau and then trying to figure out like how do I get past that? Um, is, it, is it my content? Is it, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know that that answered anything either. That also was not super short-winded or eloquent. So sorry.
2: <laughs> there are a lot of aspects as well that are outside of our control related to growth like certain lucky breaks that we get and also certain uh, conflicts say there are a bunch of other big events going on that you're not involved in sometimes that means that your metrics as a result are a little bit lower but that might not have anything to do with the content you're making you might even be doing better than usual but it's kind of like the weather right now is not favorable to you so you just push on you keep doing your stuff and
0: doing you yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely think that uh, rings true for streamers like Philip who are uh, streaming COD, and we're looking at the sort of the end of the the current, and everyone's moving towards just massive hype for uh, m- new modern warfare. So, um, things outside of our control. I think that's uh, very very true when you play one game.
3: Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with that. I think again, but it's should it's it's your off season. If you're an athlete, you know, if it's your off season in, in any term kind of thing where you just um, kind of just try and have fun with it. And like you said, you know, not look at your view account, just base it off whether you had fun and if mm-hmm. your chat was active. And I think that's, a, that's something I can, I can definitely learn from especially you, you guys as well is cause I, I will be like, Oh, you know, why am I not as high as I was yesterday? You know, you know, I've dropped a few viewers or, you know, I'm not getting as much interaction. And, you know, I, I do question that being a newer streamer. I'm constantly thinking like, oh, why why, why have, I, have I done something wrong? But in reality, it's maybe just a Friday instead of a Monday. And mm. people just aren't there because they're doing other things. And I think it's just key to remember why why you're streaming and that's to play games, have fun. And I think the best thing is when you, you're sat there with a few of your mates on yeah on the mic or whatever it would be and you just you're laughing you're having fun you're, you're almost in tears you're having so much fun and th- those are the moments that i i stream for really and if i can just broadcast to that to other people and, and they can you know get some of that energy then uh, that's the main point
0: those are the streams I tune in for <laughs> those are the ones I love to watch um, mm. the ones where it doesn't actually even matter what the game is just you could you be sucking the at night. the game but oh, you just're
3: yes. you're, you're, you're in tears laughing and those are the those are the fun times
0: yeah. um see so it's about that time in the show where we have a look at releases coming out and talk about games that we might be looking forward to playing um, let's see here what has come out this week dum 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 dum. Uh, besides Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, which has come out today, I will be playing that. Um, Catherine Full Body on PS4 now out for the Western audience. I've already played it in Japanese, but now I can play <laughs> through it again. Totally play it for the story. Um, let see here. Uh, Looking for any major releases to talk about here. Uh, I guess Borderlands 3 Coming out yeah. on the 13th, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to playing, Brooke? Um, Not that this... I can think
1: of. Hold on. I can look through stuff, but...
0: No worries. Um, guess we have Destiny 2 New Light. Anyone even play Destiny anymore? What? Um... I get jealous
3: of people who can look forward to games. Like, I wish I could nerd <laughs> out and be like, oh, you create a, a new game coming out, like Borderlands 3, or... You know, just an expansion or anything like that and I, I actually think the competitive side of playing video games ruined my casual side Because now I'm just like why do I play? Why would I play this new game? Which is like a story mode But if I actually probably gave it a chance and did it. I would probably Be so much more calm and chill and
2: actually enjoy it.
0: I'm gonna mm-hmm. force you to play a game Philip This is gonna cool. happen. I'm gonna force you to play something we, so I, 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 I have uh, an
2: idea Can I, sh- I, can I should I... <laughs> Can I suggest something?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So I'm kind of similar to you in that I play very few number of total games. Usually it's the hardcore competitive StarCraft and Dota 2. That's kind of what I've been into lately and then now with Classic WoW. But Doom, Doom 2016 and then Doom Eternal coming out soon, it handles like a pretty crisp FPS game. One thing that holds me back from a lot of story-driven games is I don't like the way the mechanics feel. It feels kind of clunky and slow, whereas Doom feels fast and crisp and responsive. So if you're good at aim, it feels like you can flex in that game. And I really like that. And if you're good at shooters, I think you would really like that too. The story is basically how much you want, where if you're going through the levels, it doesn't feed you a ton of dialogue. It's not really about that. It's more about the action and beating the levels and facing all the demons and stuff. But there's a ton of things that you can choose to read if you want to get more lore if you so want, yeah yeah
3: i think that that as well i it my me, my mentality in games is i go into it wanting to be better than that person on the other side of their pc or console or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and that's why i again the competitive side of if i do even with cod for an example i don't even play the story modes i, I never even i've not played the last like seven years of them because I'm just loading into that game to beat that other person and be better than them. And, and that's such, not in a toxic way. I just want, I want to be as good as I can be and to improve as much as I can. But uh, if my chat always says, why don't you play this? Why don't you play that? And I'm like, nah, never mind. You know, I'll just carry on doing my thing and we'll, we'll hopefully it works out. But I uh, I'll definitely look at it. So thank you very much.
0: Uh, Doom is amazing. It makes you feel like an absolute badass and and we live in those games. Uh, at least I do. Maybe I'm totally alone here, but I like a game that feels satisfying, makes you feel superhuman. Uh, otherwise you know why 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 play games? I guess I'm not sure. Everyone has different motivations for playing games, but that's that's for me. It's doing things I can't do in real life or shouldn't be doing in real life. Um, and just fun.. Uh, Looking so there's up. one
2: more that i'm excited about uh the master chief collection for halo oh my
0: goodness it's
2: it's kind of in that nostalgia slot of how classic wow gets a lot of people hyped up halo was one of the formative games for me i remember our uh, church youth group was a bunch of young boys and our youth group leader would bring us over to his house and we would hook up like four xboxes and i'll play halo <laughs> one together <laughs> that was the best <laughs> those are the yeah. days no.
1: Yeah, I was just reminiscing with some friends at a wedding this last week about that exact thing. Like, remember when we would all just sit in the same room and just like hotbox that room, farting because there were like twenty of us <laughs> trying to all time, <laughs> and your dad would walk in and be horrified.
2: <laughs> What's going on here?
1: What What is this? <clears throat> mm-hmm. There's
0: almost. Ugh, I mean, Good times. there are a lot of games coming out. Just nothing I'm super excited about. Well, that's a bit odd because we're coming into September, October. Usually October is a, a pretty busy month for game releases. Um, kind of getting that uh, slot in there before we go, oh, my gosh, holiday, when everyone decides to release their game all around yeah. Christmas time to cash in. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, nothing really worth mentioning, my personal opinion. Chat may disagree with me, but yeah, apart from Borderlands 3, I'm not looking forward to anything in particular um, this coming week or the week after that. Hmm, yikes. Yeah, we already mentioned Catherine Fullbody. That was one of the first things I mentioned. Uh, (laughs) All the boys in their formative years playing that game. That's a big yikes. Um, okay, so I guess we'll do shoutouts. What's coming out for you guys uh, up for you guys on uh, your channels this week? Brooke, what are you playing this week? I don't know yet. <laughs> I've been gone. I've been gone for the this last seven days. And you've been so ill too.
1: I'm also sick, yeah. So I'm trying to chill a little bit. Um, but today um, in like an hour and a half uh, Tyree and I are maybe going to hop into the Final Fantasy 14 raid stuff. Ooh. So... Yeah, we haven't done any of that yet. We just finally finished the Shadowbringer story, which was amazing, by the way. Um, So, yeah, doing that. Uh, But in terms of, like, what I'm playing on my normal streams, I don't know yet. I'll have to take a look at... what came out this last week and stuff and see if there's anything i want to play
0: um i think so. i saw something on social media that you were recording something with jesse over oh maybe it was last weekend or something oh we did um, to talk about that or is that something that's yeah out? we
1: it was just the uh uh the new life is strange i oh, think it's already okay. gotcha. i think he already put it up
0: yeah gotcha gotcha okay. yeah, yeah yeah and here i was hoping it was another episode of that uh <clears throat> totally pg friendly show that he every once in a while Oh
1: <laughs> no sadly
0: <laughs> no no gentleman's hentai club one day one day uh, maybe
1: i'll get to be a gentleman but today that's not today
0: <laughs> pictured you putting on the mustache and everything oh, heartbroken dream shattered um austin what's coming up for you this week on your channel lots of classic wow
2: so much to the rejoicing of more than several people, I will be playing StarCraft Two again this week. I was full-on Classic WoW the first week. That was planned. My brother and a lot of other people who rolled with us took the week off, so I really wanted to kind of maximize that push. It's a pretty fun endurance challenge to marathon, leveling up with your friends. So we were all kind of cutting sleep together and talking about how to dodge the queues and like things like that. So that was a really fun grind, but I will be... Switching more into a StarCraft primary and then the classic well will be kind of the evening, cozy segment of a lot of the streams. We will eventually look to do some raiding, so that'll be a a fun step. And we'll probably do our first ever guild meeting this week. So we're going to decide on when that's going to be, get our characters, and see if we can help each other out. We have a lot of people who are big into the professions in the game, so... Maybe they can make you a new piece of armor or enchant your gear or something like that. And also just network and kind of see who's who and who's in a similar level range and they could quest together and that kind of stuff. But to give people an update on StarCraft, I know that's a game that many people are aware of, but they don't keep super close tabs on all the time. The game is in a really good spot. The meta is really fresh and interesting. We just got some new maps and a new season and a new patch. So that's been pretty fun to figure out. The new season started as well so we got to do our placement matches and that kind of thing again and I recently got a standing desk so I can move my desk up and down now just with the push of a button it's an autonomous desk is the brand very good quality stuff and the first day that I played Starcraft ladder standing up I went something like 17 and 2 Nice. So I don't know if that says anything about <laughs> sitting and gaming versus standing and gaming, but a lot of competitive gaming is a very physical activity. It's not just thinking about your moves in a smart way. It's being fast. Yeah. And if you're treating your body like you're an athlete, even if you're a cyber athlete, that can really go a long way in just your mental and physical performance because the mind and the body are fully connected. It's all the same, the same stuff. If your body is lacking, then your mind is going to suffer as well. So getting some time to take some standing breaks, get some exercise just in your daily, weekly routine, if you can, can go a really long way for just your video game results, which might come as a surprise to people, but it's, it's something we should be prioritizing for ourselves.
0: Philip, I love that dice. <laughs> Talking about exercise, yeah. th-
2: this is,
3: this is my, uh, my new thing is, you know, with subs and all that kind of stuff, is making me do some exercise during the streams. Cause I can play like eight, 10 hours straight and you know, you, you lose track of time, you forget to eat, and you're suddenly like, I've not eaten in six hours or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, it's all about fast reactions. It's all about, you know, being on point, being alert. Uh, but for myself, uh, believe it or not, I know this may come as a huge surprise to some of you guys, but um, it will be Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> Modern Warfare, it's the, the beta comes out, <laughs> I think it's on, I don't know, I think it's on the 12th or something like that, maybe the 9th. But it comes out next week, some some point. So just trying out the new card, seeing what's going on there. Um, but it's pretty pretty much all the same with me. If you like Call of Duty, stop by. If you don't, I'm really <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, stop by anyway, say hello. Uh, but apart from that, I think it's I, I'm I'm kind of just waiting at the moment, and maybe maybe I do up until the uh, the beta comes out. Maybe I, I do venture out. Maybe this this podcast kind of inspires me to try a couple new games.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping so. I, I Give games a shot. I've heard they're popular things. Uh, there could be a few channels on this platform that uh, could could enlighten you and broaden your Absolutely. horizons a little bit.
2: <laughs> there are some people who I've seen recently take some cracks at StarCraft, and those tend to go pretty viral. If you're a streamer and you have some pull and you tend to be pretty entertaining, it was Fusely recently, I believe, played some... Starcraft matches, it was just really rich, hilarious content. She got a few clips just at the top of the subreddit, just trying to figure things out and like playing through it. Because for a lot of people, they're not necessarily looking for peak performance every single time. It's fun to see someone hit a game fresh, especially if they have some competitive background somewhere else, because they can use a lot of those skills and try to use their analytical mind to approach this new sort of problem. And you get to have that nostalgia of what it was like when you first entered the game and how it felt for you. Seeing
0: that in someone. Uh, let's see. For the channel for me, um, we have probably more Fire Emblem Three Houses. Hopefully, finishing that Golden Deer Run. Uh, probably will dive into Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, um, mostly to snark on it in case they made mistakes. Squeenix, <laughs> so of course they made mistakes. Um, Lots of emo boys with really good hair, I guess, is the uh, the theme for the week. Uh, definitely going to grind up in uh, Classic. Wow. If I can finally get onto white main. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> That's something that we're discussing right now. Some people are asking about server transfers because there will potentially be some problems. If these servers stay this packed into Phase 2 with layering being removed, mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of a mess. So we'll we're kind of in the the open-minded capacity of what's more important than the server is the people Mm. so it's it's about what the people and what the team wants as opposed to i really don't like reading in the discord that someone had their day from work and they get home at 6 p.m and they get in the queue and the queue would be until when they have to go to bed so they don't get to play at all that's pretty frustrating for me when i'm trying to have a a community-oriented guild
0: Definitely. Um, And I am trying to be a part of that guild. I guess my RP for my character is I'm going to be the uh, undead who woke up out of their grave a week after WoW Classic relaunch. Um, (laughs) I'm having a character... um, Backstory written for me by the server (laughs) at this point but uh that's part of the dream anyway i have been playing a bit on uh, alliance side on mankirk um just to fill the time and fill the stream uh with some laughs uh getting into the nostalgia with wow classic um but yeah, I'll be uh, rolling my uh, shadow priest on white main. and hopefully at some point you'll be able to see me and Nero raid together. Uh, more dots, Ooh. more dots. Um, I'll probably pull Anixia. Not gonna lie.
4: <laughs> Will
2: Jenna pull aggro with this mind blast? Find out.
0: <laughs> oh, so lots of lulls are coming your way if we get that stream working together and squad streaming in rating will be somewhat entertaining uh classic wow um yeah but i just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today austin philip thanks so much for coming onto the show it's lovely to have you thank you sorry for all of these stream difficulties today stream falling over early on and uh setup took a lot longer than it should have Shit happens i know tell me about it <laughs> story <of> my life <laughs> um thank you brooke as usual for being here uh, being my constant i'm so sorry that you've been sick i d- hope you get better and thank yeah you- i eventually <laughs> <laughs> uh, um i think jesse might be back next week uh i think he is, think he is. um Possibly uh, J.P. McDaniel for next week for our guest. We shall see. Uh, I have a, a list <laughs> that I'm working my way through at the moment. But Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Co-Optional podcast this week. I know it's been a bit uh, of a lull uh, with the lack of new games, exciting games coming out. We've had uh, spurts here and there. Um, We've had a bit of inconsistency as well. I was in the hospital in and out with uh, pneumonia and uh, not being so well. So thank you guys for continuing to support the channel and continuing to support the podcast despite those interruptions, inconsistency. Uh, We'll try and do better. (laughs) Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.